Hello and welcome to the Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Drew, we are more than halfway through regional season. We've got through the first two weeks, and now we have an entire third week of regionals results to break down. I'm very excited to get into that. I think a little bit more than last week, I think we have a little bit more to talk about this week based on uh, doing our outline about the results. We'll definitely get to that in a second. But first, I think you should tell the people uh, what you and I were doing for the last couple hours. Absolutely. So uh, Ben was kind enough to join me to watch uh, one of the high school teams that I coach, specifically the Galloway School in Georgia, in their fourth and final preliminary round. Um, uh, they, they just literally just had it a few hours ago. And as I was saying, Ben was kind enough to join me to watch it. Uh, it was a fun round. I think that these preliminary rounds, when we get uh, the whole state of whether it's Georgia, Maryland, and uh, for you, Ben, and Massachusetts for the other team that I coach, it's it's really interesting because you get to face a lot of teams you don't normally see. And I know that for our, our Georgia team, um, I this is where I went to high school. I uh, have really gotten used to seeing the same couple of teams every year at our uh, districts to make it out, and it's been nice to see some other uh, other teams from around the state. And I think it has been a, a bit of a confidence boost that we've been not always making it out of districts. And that is mostly a product of being in a very, very difficult district and not necessarily reflective of the whole state. So we are optimistic to hear our results on Wednesday, but we were honored to have Ben there with us watching along. And uh, I, I don't know, Ben, what'd you think of the round? I thought your team's really good. I think they clearly uh, they clearly have a good teacher. And I know you have other coaches that work <laughs> with them as well. And so, you know, at least one of them presumably is a good coach, but, uh, the other guy he's talking about, right? Exactly. <laughs> Had to be the other guy. Uh, no, I, in all seriousness, I thought they were excellent. I, I really liked, I thought Drew's team much more than the other team just brought an energy level, uh, and sort of brought more of and not an amped presence in a bad way, but like, you know, your witnesses had personality, your attorneys had personality. Uh, clearly you all had worked a lot on presentation and stuff like that. And I think at the high school level, unless you get to like the really high level competitions, uh, that type of thing just doesn't get emphasized as much. I think that's definitely the case in Maryland as well. Uh, and I think it's really cool. We talk about seeing AM to have an impact on the law school level, which it definitely is. But you wonder now, like as AMTA grows and becomes much more of an institution, how much it'll have an impact on the high school mock trial world as more students consider you know, mock trial programs when deciding where to go to college and more schools uh, like UMBC sometimes does uh, do events with high schoolers. I know that lots of schools around the country, lots of colleges do like workshops and host tournaments for high school teams. And you wonder if those types of things will start sort of trickling down into the high school level and we'll see uh, an impact like that. But I had a lot of fun watching your team. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think it was it was fun to have you there. I think that uh, to to your point, I definitely I know that I coach knowing AMTA and knowing how that plays, and it's funny because in both Georgia and in Massachusetts, I think both of my teams often will get feedback of um, the fact that they have a very different style than basically every other team they face. Because for whatever reason, uh, in the high school world, most teams are taught do really boring stuff because that's what the real world is, and that's what you should do. Look, I get that mock trial is not always the real world. I, and this is what kind of AMTA has grilled into me is like, this is an activity. This is supposed to be fun. Like make some jokes. It's okay. Like, you know, just be 
interesting and engaging to listen to. And if you are the team that the judge at the end of the day was smiling for more of their material and actually enjoyed listening to, you're probably going to win that ballot. Because at the end of the day, it's not really about like who was more realistic. It's about like what's more interesting to listen to. And I, I think that that usually scores well. Um, it is risky. I mean, sometimes you get a judge that's just like, no, I didn't like that. But I mean, sometimes you get a judge that says, oh, I took off points because you were on notes and I'm not on notes and I'm an attorney. And so I didn't like that. I mean, what can you do? Like some judges yeah. are just plain wrong and, you know, that's their opinion. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun to have you there, Ben. I really appreciate you coming and listening. Um, and to my high school kids, which I know they're going to be watching, super proud of you guys. I know that you guys have been grinding hard. And, you know, this is kind of their, their fourth and final round. So it's just waiting to find out if they moved on. And uh, it's pretty cool because I, I think that we don't always get to move on. And I'm, I'm optimistic about this year. I've got to watch their four rounds and I felt good about them. So move on or not, I'm proud. It's, it's a very freeing moment as a coach to feel like, okay, we're done. Now we're just waiting to find out. Um, and I can kind of breathe a, a small sigh of relief at this point. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, as I think we'll discuss throughout this episode, you know, my A team is competing at regionals this coming weekend as a fourth weekend team. And I'm very much looking forward to being done uh, and just being <laughs> done with regionals. And then we'll have a couple weeks until Oryx. And, you know, you just build. I, I don't mind being a fourth weekend team. Because Oryx is way better, by the way, right? Like that prep is right. not terrible Orcs at all, is right? <laughs> just sort of a, you know, like a nice relaxing, like I'm not just going to be. Spa like, day. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, what a spa, a spa day is what I want to be doing instead of watching my team at Oryx. But uh, no, either way, I'm I'm very excited to get through this coming weekend. It's also this week is the final regular season week for Maryland High School mock trial, which I help run. Uh, we've been doing a full seven weeks of competition and, uh, it's really exciting because we're seeing, you know, we can have that geographical diversity that you were just discussing and we're seeing more teams, uh, who maybe wouldn't normally, uh, get through. Cause we have a different, we have a divisional setup where we have several different divisions across the competition. And we think there are teams getting through, even though we tried to power balance those divisions that wouldn't ordinarily because geographically they're usually stuck in a circuit with like 15 amazing teams and they might also be amazing but it's tough just tough to get through uh so i think there's a lot of exciting mock trial news coming up uh you know tons of mock trial happening all over the country which is really exciting and drew i would suggest that you kick us off with regional 3a to talk about some college mock trial all right happy to do it yes we are here to talk about the college world so without further ado regional 3a this was in canyon road midlands and our very first team to make it through is going to shock everyone it was uvaa with eight wins and a cs of 15 they were followed by mita with six wins and a cs of 18 and a half then case western a with six wins and a cs of 13.5 followed by muhlenberg collage um, which I do believe is supposed to be college, but I had to note the very funny misspelling there. Um, so <laughs> Muhlenberg College A with six wins and a CS of 13, followed by Wesleyan B with six wins and a CS of 11 and a half. And finally, uh, the University of Florida D with five wins and a CS of 18. We also had one honorable mention from the University of Mississippi. Uh, they had five wins and a CS of 16. Um, so the you know, first kind of immediate notables that I had here, um, no Northwood B, no Richmond A, and then Alabama-Birmingham A also didn't make it. Um, 
I think that those are, are a couple of teams I, I probably would have expected. Northwood A um, obviously had that brutal schedule or just brutal results that we talked about uh, with last week. Um, their B team is kind of their chance to, to make it through. Them not making it through means they are going to rely on that A team to get that open bid. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of stay posted on how the open bid list looks. Um, Richmond A, uh, I found that to be really surprising. But when you look at their CS, you start to understand what happened. So Richmond A had a CS of 23 and a record of three and a half. And their three of their losses, three of their five losses were one, two, and three points. I mean, those are some tight, tight rounds. And again, a CS of 23, they were facing basically nothing but the top teams here. Um that that is just a tough. Their first round draw was against UVA. Um, they're rewarded with Wesley and B, who they managed to take um, one of the only ballots off Wesley and B. They took it by fourteen, and they only lost by one. Um, and then their final round, uh, they had to face uh, MIT in a a they kind of a winner moves on type of round that MIT was able to squeak out as a plus nine plus two. So Rochester did just did not have the weekend. Or sorry, Richmond. Uh, Richmond just did not have the weekend that they were looking to to have. That is uh, really unfortunate. They are a strong program, and uh, they're obviously not going to be moving on to Oryx with a three and five record. But that is just a really, really brutal schedule. Um, I will say that MIT. I just mentioned them. I, I love seeing the MIT moved on. We kind of talked about last year how they were the one that had a really tough schedule. So it's awesome to see that they are able to move on now. Um, but Ben, I'll, I'll kind of kick it to you for now. Anything else that you're noticing here? Yeah. So you mentioned Northwood. I think that's definitely significant. I am looking at the open bid list right now. There are 21 open bids to be offered currently. I'll, I'll give you a guess. Where do you think Northwood is on that list? That'll be 22, right? Close. 21. <laughs> 21. Um, <laughs> so currently Northwood is in. Um, and of course this year it's a little easier because there's no geographic restrictions and you got to think weekend four is more likely you gotta think it's more likely to create more open bids than to have more teams and there will be several teams who jump ahead of northwood um because they have a fairly low cs but i mean they are sweating it out right on the edge of that bubble and i do think based on looking at this list there are not going to be a whole lot if any second teams Mm -hmm. that get in with five wins because 22 right now is i believe emory b uh, with five wins and an 18 CS, but but not the first bid out of that program. Um, one thing I'll note talking about Richmond and their draw of UVAA in round one, in some ways that is the worst case scenario for a team like Richmond because you lose those two ballots and then you know UVA is probably not going to lose any more ballots. So immediately, no matter even if you have a low record, you're going to have, especially in those rounds two and three, when everyone's CS ranges from like two to seven um, with a few outliers here and there, facing a team like UVA where you know going into round three, even if you're two and two, you're going to have a higher CS and you're going to get a tougher round three pairing because UVA is going to be four and oh. They just they just will be. Uh, and so that that's a really tough, tough thing for Richmond, who is such a great program and such a great team. Uh, you know, we're, we're big fans of the folks down there. And so that's really tough to see Richmond, uh, you know, wasn't that long ago that, that we were playing them at nationals. So that's definitely, I think, noteworthy to see. Um, you mentioned the, uh, Mullenberg or Mullenberg, uh, collage. 
but in, uh, whether it's collage or college, I'll be perfectly candid that that is a school I've never heard of before. Drew, am I correct that they're a Pennsylvania school? They, they are, in fact, a Pennsylvania school. So we love to see that representation out of our Pennsylvania schools. Um, but they definitely, I, I think this was a pretty surprising result for them. They should be really pleased and proud. Um, obviously, making it out of regionals is always noteworthy. But um, I, I think that they are probably a team that we weren't expecting to make it out. Um, but, you know, good on them. I mean, definitely exciting. Yeah. No, I, I think this year, we talked about it last week, there aren't a ton of new schools getting through. And to see a new school like that getting through with a, they had a CS of 13, which isn't high, but also isn't a CS of 10. Um, and so I definitely think that was noteworthy. And then beyond that, I agree with you about MIT. Uh, they're such an interesting program. Uh, and I think they really deserve to move on last year. And, and it's good to see on that. Uh, and then a lot of other good teams, Wesley and B uh florida d we've talked sort of ad nauseum about florida being just one of the deepest teams in amta and then i guess the last thing that i'll say is it is very easy to sort of gloss over a team like uva but when we talked about you know the sort of differentiating eight no teams right uva a went eight no with a 15 cs so perfectly reasonable cs and a point differential of 147 uh, the only single digit round that they had was a three point ballot against Richmond A in round one. After that, the lowest ballot they won was in round two when it's plus 15. It's plus 15, plus 33, 18, 20, 19, and 24. Uh, if we're looking for teams like who's going to be there at the end, obviously you have to put UVA in that conversation. Even when they've graduated some of their star power over the last couple of years, that A team is just built for success from start to finish from top to bottom and to see a point differential like that that's just something i think you can't help but take note of yeah i mean it's so true i mean this is this is uva which is maybe the the staple team that we can go to of just like who's like locked in money to make it through to orcs and frankly the nationals too i mean it's uvaa um but I did want to come back to Northwood. Um, th- their, their CS was a 21. Um, so, you know, not only it was their A team kind of got, got a rough round, uh, just the, the actual ballots, but their B team had a very tough schedule. Um, uh, like I just, I feel for the people over at Northwood right now. Man, that is just, I mean, you got to hope that your B team can maybe pull it out for you. But yeah, I, I guess I, we mentioned the open bid list earlier. Just gonna, gotta keep our eye on that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is is Wesleyan. You know, Wesleyan B obviously made it out and and good on them. But I will say that this was a uh, less impressive Wesleyan showing than we've seen from some of their other teams. Um, look, I, I'm only saying this because this is a program that has gotten their A, B, C, and D team I think through at this point. Um, they they just were ridiculously deep this year. But I will say, considering this was their B team. Um, their their first day was was just not as strong as they would have wanted, probably going uh, two and two, and with that that minus fourteen plus one um, over Richmond, um, probably just not quite as strong as they were hoping for. And, and even their round one, they split with uh, with University of Central Florida, which I think they probably would have would have hoped would have been a win. But uh, look, I mean, they made it through. It's I think that this actually became an open bid when they made it through, but. I think that on the whole, outside of what we've already discussed, this is pretty much what what we were expecting from UVA, MIT. Um, Case Western has been strong, and then Wesley and Florida, they're just 
they're really solid. And then good on Muhlenberg for making it through. But with that, I think, Ben, if you want to move on to the next one, I think let's go ahead and do it. That sounds good. Regional 3B uh, was held in a location near and dear to my heart, the Black Bear Casino. Um, For those of you who maybe weren't around when that case was tried, uh, you're like, oh, man, that, you know, this case is is wild where there's two different charges. Imagine having two different defendants with two different completely two completely different fact patterns. But it was beautiful, Ben. But it was such a just, I mean, what a case. I love that case so much. It was a great case. It wasn't as beautiful for my like 30 freshmen that all quit. But... (laughs) Uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful case. We had a lot of fun with that case. I just loved the – they had the one witness that was – that had a completely different affidavit if it was a prosecution witness or a defense witness. I loved that. I was like, what's going on with that? But, you know, anyway. That was, there was something going on with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so talking about our teams, this is a six-bid regional. Uh, from the top, we had Georgia Tech A, eight wins and a 15.5 CS. Bellarmine A with eight wins and a 9.5 CS. Seton Hall A, seven wins and an 11.5 CS. Case Western B, six and a half wins and a 12 and a half CS. Georgia B, six wins and a 19 CS. And Florida C, six wins and a 15 CS. And then our honorable mention was Boston College D, six wins and an 11 and a half CS. Uh, you noted this when we were chatting earlier, but there are no five win teams at this regional, which is certainly surprising. Uh, and then at the top, I mean, Georgia Tech is Georgia Tech. They've definitely had an interesting run of things lately. I mean, they were you know, in so many ways defined by Sarah Stebbins for several years. And then, of course, uh, Harsha Sridhar was with them last year and and I think was on a team that did very well at one last time, if I recall correctly. Uh, and they're such a deep, strong team. They're, of course, of course coached by uh, former AMTA president, Will Warahay. Uh, and so it's certainly not a surprise to see them uh, go undefeated and, and have a really strong weekend. But worth noting, when you think about teams like you know, what What does that mean for this year? Is Georgia Tech going to be a competitor to be in the final round, despite maybe not having as many big names? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. They had a very strong point differential of 101, although the vast majority of that, it looks like over 50 points of that, came from a pretty significant drubbing of Luther College in round one. Uh, but other than that, um, there's not a, ton else here bellarmine a going eight no but with a nine and a half cs it's hard to take too much more from that that's a pretty underwhelming schedule i mean if you know if if you win all of your ballots and your opponents only win nine and a half you know again not not to take anything away from them you can only beat who you play but you just it's hard to figure out too much from that uh and then you know i mean seton hall is usually pretty solid see them go seven and one Again, with a bit of a lower CS, we definitely had in our top teams here more lower CSs, and then the you know rolling it out with Georgia B and Florida C, two deep great teams that just continue to advance multiple teams uh, to nationals. So that was what I picked up on here, Drew. Fill me in on what else I missed. Um, I think that you're pretty much right. I think that the teams that I was kind of surprised they didn't make it here were probably UC Irvine B. Um, I feel like Irvine's been really strong lately. We've been talking a lot about, you know, West Coast powers. Um, and Irvine B did not, uh, that four and four with CS of 17 and a half. It's not, not going to make it out. Um, and I'll add that Millsaps A. Millsaps, I feel like used to be a pretty routine orcs, uh, team. And 
They went two and six with a CS of twelve and a half, which is obviously a pretty weak performance. But it, it should be noted this was another team that had one of those kind of weird, wacky results in a couple of rounds. Um, their round three went plus thirty minus one to Susquehanna, and their fourth round um, went plus ten minus one to uh, to Colgate. Um, and I mean, look, that wouldn't have meant that they got out if they take those two um, one ballots. But it just, it, it was interesting that I, I kind of would have expected that to be a stronger team. Um, and that, that was a, a pretty, uh, weaker showing from an A team from a, a program that usually makes it to works. I, I will also just add, um, Boston College D was our honorable mention team here with six wins. Um, anytime an honorable mention team is, is at six wins, it's a little bit surprising. Um, they did have a pretty low CS, but, um, I'll, I'll just say that it was interesting to me that their D team got six wins, as we'll mention later. Um, some of their higher ranked teams did not do very well. So I, I just did think that was an important to note. Uh, I think it was interesting. And I'll just add that this was a, a fascinating regional just in terms of the, the differences in the CS. Ben, you already mentioned that Bellarmine had a nine and a half. Seton Hall had an 11 and a half. Case Western B had a 12 and a half. Those are all, you know, pretty below average CSs. But it is compensated by the fact that you have Georgia College and State University with a uh, with a record of three and five and a CS of twenty three and a half. Um, and the worst part is that that's not even the highest CS here. We yeah. also had Wellesley B with three four and one and a CS of twenty four. Um, and what's really fascinating about this Wellesley team um, is the relationship they have with Case Western. So Case Western in round one faced Wellesley B. Wellesley won and tied. And then Case Western went on to win every other ballot they faced and get six and a half wins. And Wellesley B proceeded to go through the absolute gauntlet, um, facing Tech, facing Seton Hall, um, and, and, and only ends up with three, four, and one. So, I mean, look, that is a, a tough draw and a ridiculously high CS considering that record too. Um, but it is just a interesting, um, result that kind of winning that first round for them ended up with a kind of worse result overall just because their schedule was then so tough afterwards. Um, but other than that, I do think we mostly covered it. Um, I think that for the most part, this is who we, we could have expected to make it through. I'll say that Bellarmine isn't a team that I really had on my, my radar before, but I mean, look, eight wins is eight wins. Like, good on you. Yeah. Um, we'll be looking forward to seeing how they do as we as we move on to Orcs. Yeah, and, and I think the last thing I'll say on this before we should move on to the next one is I definitely think there's a correlation when you see these teams advancing with really low CSs. I think it's more often than not when you look at the rest of the field, you tend to find a couple teams like Georgia College and State or Wellesley who have these super high corresponding CSs that just in the way the cards are dealt and the way the pairings sort of shake out, you definitely either see more of a flat across the board CSs ranging between 10 and 20 or some lower CSs breaking through and some higher CSs that don't, you know, it's just the nature of how things go, but it's tough. I really feel for those teams. Uh, and, and it'll be very interesting to see as we move forward, what the rest of the regionals look like. So Drew, I think that's a natural uh, sort of transition point. If you want to take it. us on to three C. All right. Three C this occurred in Polk County hospital. Uh, and our, just to get right to our results though, we had Tufts A with eight wins and a CS of 16, followed by Eastern Kentucky A with seven wins and a CS of 17. Then Howard B with six wins and a CS of 16. 
then Patrick Henry D with six wins and a CS of 15 and a half, then St. Louis C with six wins and a CS of 12 and a half, and then finally Maryland B with five wins and a CS of 18. We also had one honorable mention team here. That was Air Force A with five wins and a CS of 14. I got to say, this was a very surprising uh, regional for me. I think that Tufts, like, okay, yeah, Tufts is Tufts. Eight wins, not surprising. Eastern Kentucky is even very strong usually, and I, I wasn't terribly surprised by them. Um, Howard B, uh, we love Howard. They, I, I know their program very, very well. Angela Miner knows what she's doing over there. Um, they're a very, very strong program. Not shocked by their B team. Or similarly with Patrick Henry D, we've talked about them enough. Um, St. Louis C, definitely more of a surprise for me, though. Um, and Maryland B, I, I want to come back to them in a second, but I, I will say that I was, I was surprised Maryland B made it out. But I will just say that looking at the teams that didn't make it, you're going to be kind of like, wait, but who should they have been replacing? Like, this was just a strong, tough regional to make it out of. Um, but we had American A, Princeton B, Boston College A, and Minnesota B all not making it out. And as I noted in the last regional, you had Boston College D getting that honorable mention with six wins. Um, Boston College A did the flip. They went only two and six here. And it wasn't that it was that crazy of a high CS. I am not 100% sure what happened to that Boston College team. Um, but, I mean, I would have assumed that their A team would do better. I mean, it was a 19 and a half CS, so it's not nothing. But just not not a very strong performance considering their D team had such a strong one. Um, other than that, though, American A, I mean, I think that we definitely would have expected American A to make it out. Um, for them to go 4-4 four and four with a CS of 16, um, definitely pretty surprising. And um, Pr- Princeton B, uh, that was a team that's definitely a little more borderline. We kind of talked about Princeton A a few weeks ago, and I think Princeton B kind of falls in the same categories. Their A team is kind of, you never really know what to expect. They're going to be, um, you know, a nationals contender or not making it out of regionals. Um, I think Minnesota B, that, that's a team that almost always gets two teams to orcs, to my understanding. And, um, and they, just like I have mentioned many times in the past, despite having a two and six record um, and a CS of 20, they had a, a lot of really close balance. Um, all six of their losses were within were within um, were within single digits, and two of their losses were only by one point. Um, they had a couple, three, four, five. Um, so th- these were some really tight rounds. They just didn't quite get the edge on. Um, so that that just goes to show that those were tight rounds, and and you know, two and six records probably not reflective of of how strong that B team might be. Um, they get to the teams that did make it out. I, I really wanted to highlight Maryland B. I think this was a very, very impressive turnout for them. They had a very tough schedule. They had a CS of 18, which was the highest CS of a team to make it out. But they had to beat American A and BC, and they and BCA, and they swept both of those teams. Now, they had to also face Tufts, which, you know, it's a tough, tough draw to have. But, I mean, those are probably three of the teams that I was most expecting to make it out. And they had to face all three, and they knocked two of them out. Um, the other team they faced was Princeton B, and they split that round. So I thought Maryland B had a tough schedule. They kind of knocked out a bunch of teams that I would have expected to make it. So good on them for really earning their spot. Um, but, Ben, I'll throw it over to you. Um, I know I talked for a bit, but anything else that you're seeing here that you wanted to mention? 
Not a ton. I'll mention one or two things. Uh, Tufts A, so we actually scrimmaged them this past Wednesday before they went to their regional. I certainly am not surprised to see them go 8-0. We don't talk a ton about individual awards, but if you look, there's a couple little things to notice here. First of all, I won't give up any information about um, who this person plays or anything like that, but uh, Brett Sachs of Tufts University, who went 18-18 as a witness, uh, is spectacular, absolutely stellar. Just just stood out significantly when we scrimmaged them as a really incredible witness, playing a particular part. I think the best way I've seen it played the entire season. Uh, you had the dynamic duo of Will Wilson and Ben Ademski, who both awarded. Uh, and I'll also mention very briefly, with 18 ranks on the plaintiff from Maryland B was Hamza Youssef, who actually uh, is a sophomore on College Park's team, was a freshman on my team last year on my C team that uh, got to Orcs and then eventually joined the hybrid BC team that, that went to Orcs. Uh, as much as, you know, he's the turncoat who decided to head down 95, <laughs> he's also a great kid and I'm super proud of him. Uh, so I thought that was really cool to see and was very happy to see the success that that his team had. Um, American, definitely a shock. Uh, we played them at Hilltop and then scrimmaged them a couple weeks later as an excellent, excellent team. I think we'll talk about in our next regional that their C team got through. So they will still have two teams to orcs, um, but obviously definitely would have expected uh, their A team to get through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they just, they just had a tough, tough situation. I mean, so you look at round one, they win, they win round one with a plus eight plus 42 and then are rewarded with a pretty brutal schedule the rest of the way. Uh, and just just some tough luck. Well, and and two things, and we've talked a lot about judging splits. If you look at American round two, plus seventeen, minus four. Round three, plus nineteen, minus six. So it's like again, you don't know, and it's not exactly the same as Northwood. But when you're seeing one judge in each of these rounds who heavily, heavily favors uh, a team, and and it doesn't work out that way, you know, it's tough. This year is is just really difficult in a lot of ways. Uh, other than that, I think. You know, here, I mean, we talked about Patrick Henry ad nauseum. I mean, it's it's always a little bit notable when a D team gets through, um, but they just continue to be excellent and I think certainly have to be a threat uh, to make it to nationals and do well at nationals this year. Yeah, one thing I did want to just chime in about, and Ben, you're kind of mentioning about American, that round two, the plus 17 minus four, was to Eastern Kentucky University, right. who went yeah, seven. The only ballot one. they lost. And that, that, the only ballot they lost, and that was a minus 17 ballot. So that is a significant win that American had. And I just, I wanted to note more globally, we're seeing so many of these like win by a lot and then a tight loss. And again, I do not want to speculate too much into that. We didn't watch the rounds. I don't know what happened. But I wonder if, especially because of this format, it just feels to me like it'd be so easy for a judge to tune out and just be kind of like, you know, eight, 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 nine, 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 like kind of giving everyone the same score. And then just you kind of randomly kind of like, all right, throw a score here or there. And I, I'm not trying to to assume anything about those rounds, but when there is such a big discrepancy, you got to think like, what happened? Like, how does one judge think that a team deserved to win by 20 or 30 points and the other one thought the other side was better? Like, that just, that blows my mind. Cause that just, to me, uh, it seems like they're watching different rounds. And I mean, we will talk, there are, there are some even worse splits that we'll get to later, but I feel mm-hmm. like this is just becoming a really common trend. And, and I am just curious why it's happening so much more this year than, at least in my opinion, in the past. Yeah, I think it is definitely a trend. 
I think it certainly has something to do with uh, the nature of the activity, the fact that oftentimes these scoring judges are not appearing on screen. Uh, there's just a lot of factors to discuss. But we've got some more regionals to discuss, so I'm going to go ahead and move us forward to Regional 3D. Regional 3D was a six-bid regional hosted at Rockter World, which is another case that I think a lot of you probably haven't read before. That was, I think, the case before Drew's freshman year. It was a particularly interesting case uh, involving a heist at an amusement park. And I believe, if I recall correctly, I think it's that year, because that was one of the last years where the... Um, uh, national nationals case was not a new case. And I think the transcript of the final round is on AMTA's website somewhere. I'll, I'll have to take a look and see. Maybe I can drop that in our um, episode description, but it's a, it's a fun case worth reading, but enough of that random diversion. Let's talk about this regional. Uh, this regional had six bids and in order, they were Stevenson, a seven wins in a six and a 17 and a half CS Georgia tech C seven wins in a 15 CS. Minnesota A, seven wins and a 12 and a half CS. Central Michigan A, five and a half wins and a 13 CS. American C, five wins and a 20 CS. And UC Berkeley C, five wins and a 20 CS. Our honorable mention was Patrick Henry B with five wins and a 17 and a half CS. The big thing I will notice here is the obvious one. Our great friends at Stevenson, I am over the freaking moon for them. I'm so, 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 so excited to see this result. Um, I know how hard they work. I know how devastating last year was for them not getting through. And I also know that I think they felt like they were better um, than their results showed last year. Uh, and hey, the nice thing is it'll disappear into the magic of the netherworld because apparently <laughs> we're never getting a TPR update until God knows when. So uh, I'm just, I'm so excited for them. I know they've had some attrition recently and I know it's been a little tough and for them to just plow through the field, they swept North Carolina. They just had a really, really great strong weekend and we're the first team out, um, mm -hmm. you know, a team that didn't get through last year, but who did get their first orcs bid two years ago and then went on to be in an outcome determinative round in orcs two years ago. I'm just for Melanie and Miranda, for their coaches, for their whole crew, couldn't be happier for them. And just, just can't wait to see what they do at Orcs because I think, I mean, you go seven and and zero, oh, and you you put in that strong of a showing, you don't you, you know don't count this team out at Orcs, especially if we really do use that Orcs pairing system. I think they'll be either a C group or a D group. That's a dangerous team yeah. that you don't want anything to do with in your C group or your D group. Very true. Other than that, a couple notables that didn't get out. I just mentioned North Carolina A. They were swept by Stevenson. They didn't get out. Uh, our friends sharing uh, Baltimore, Johns Hopkins A didn't get through. Elon A didn't get through. And Wellesley A didn't get through. Uh, so I think this regional, this was a tough regional. And you saw, I mean, three of the six teams they got through were C teams from mm -hmm. traditionally strong teams. You got Georgia Tech C, American C, and Berkeley C. Um, and this is one of those regionals where on paper, the average TPR probably didn't look super high because none of those C teams can have a TPR. Mm -hmm. um, but those are three really good C teams as they prove that, I mean, American C and Berkeley C get through with a 20 CS. Um, so I think this was a deceptively tough regionals, especially when you have a team like Stevenson that has a lower TPR uh, who goes through and knocks out a team at North Carolina who's usually pretty good. Uh, Minnesota, strong team. Um, but of course, I think they're, you know, figuring out who they are after Bree Goodchild, who was sort of their primary, you know, star for uh, a couple of years, was obviously a trial by combat competitor, a really, you know, 
fantastic competitor. Uh, so yeah, I think that's everything that I noticed here. Drew, what else did you pick up on? Yeah, I think you covered most of it. I, I, I'm glad you highlighted those C teams. I mean, look, I think we talked about this earlier, but the, the trend of making it out with a high CS has become very, very rare. And to see two teams with a 20 CS make it out um, with five wins is, is very is worth noting. It's, it's very impressive from American and UC Berkeley. Um, we're just not seeing a lot of, like, it's hard. You get a CS of 20, it's just not easy to make it out. Um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Stevenson. Obviously, we're very close to that program as well. Um, they, they are wonderful, wonderful people over there. Their one loss was to the other 7-1 team in Tech C. I mean, that close round to minus 5, plus 5. Like, what a fun, um, clearly very close round. Uh, and, and like you said, they, they round 3 draw UNCA, a team that was 4-0 at the time. I'm sure everyone was expecting them to make it out. They set UNC down the road. Um, to Patrick Henry in round four, um, where they get swept again and uh, and end up at a four and four record, which is is obviously a, a bit of a surprise from a very strong UNC program. Uh, I think that you highlighted a lot of the the teams I was going to highlight. I'll just add Wellesley. Um, man, I mean, we talked about their B team having a rough go of it, and their A team um, went four and four with the CS of eighteen. But the real story is in their point differential. Um, Round one, plus 11, minus two. Round two, plus seven, minus one. Um, round three was their plus three, minus seven. And round four, plus three, minus five. I mean, those ballots are all so close. I mean, yeah. like, God, it, it, it's just inches. And I mean, uh, that that's just heartbreaking from a, a strong program out, uh, uh, in Wellesley. They usually get a team through to Oryx and see both their A and B teams have just really, really unfortunate uh, weekends is is tough to see and, and definitely unfortunate for them. But um, other than that, I, I do think you've covered most of it. Um, I think Patrick Henry B not making it and just being an honorable mention is is almost a little surprising. But I'm glad that you mentioned the the difficulty of this regional. I, I do really think like, wow, this was just tough. I mean, sure, if you put UNC in there somewhere, like who are you taking out? I mean, <laughs> I just don't know which of those teams – I think is is weak and, and you know I mean it's just it's a tough go of things to find a spot for Patrick Henry UNC Johns Hopkins A Wellesley A I mean I don't know who's getting booted out of there this is just a a tough tough regional um and and a a fun results to to take a look at yeah one other thing I'll notice and then we and we should move on similar to the situation we were talking about in the last regional Wellesley goes plus eleven minus two in round one. And that plus 11 minus two was against Minnesota A. Wellesley goes on to have the schedule we already described. Minnesota cruises and gets through and just and wins yep. the remaining six ballots uh, by comfortable margins with a somewhat low CS. Again, not taking anything away from Minnesota, but you just see how different those round one splits can send you onto completely different paths uh, moving forward. So it's always very interesting to note those things. Uh, and then I'll briefly mention Central Michigan. Um, I think we've talked about the teams that moved on. Uh, but I think Central Michigan is worth a mention going five and a half, having a pretty good weekend, uh, you know, somewhat low CS at 12 and a half, but uh, still had a, a strong weekend. So I think what you're saying is right. This was kind of I think it's a sneaky, tough regional. It didn't look mm-hmm. as tough on paper. But when the first bid out is a team that a lot of teams probably didn't have as someone as necessarily a threat, which I think is a mistake. Uh, then all of a sudden, everything else gets shaken up a little bit. You know, b- before we move on, the thing I notice about about this regional 
is that unlike a lot of the others, it didn't have a like, wow, that's the really clear top team. I mean, it, if you had to choose one, it's probably like Minnesota or UNC, um, which I think most people would agree. Uh, I mean, that's not the same as having Tufts or UVA or Georgia Tech. I mean, the other three regionals we've done all had a very clear, this is the absolute top team. And I think that because it didn't have that absolute top, meant that it was really middle heavy. And that's why we got these kind of, uh, you know, those tough results that we, that we saw. Um, but I think that we have belabored this, this regional enough. I think let's go ahead and move on to regional 3E if you don't have any protests, Ben. No, let's do it. All right, let's do it. 3E. Um, ben, this is a, a regional that you are quite familiar with as you were the answer rep for it. But um, we'll start at uh, our first bid out with South Carolina A at seven wins and a CS of 16 and a half. Then you see Santa Barbara B with seven wins and a CS of 15. Then Nebraska A with seven wins and a CS of 14 and a half. Then another seven win team in Ohio State A with seven wins and a CS of 14. Then Juniata A with six and a half wins and a CS of 16.5. Then Delaware A with six wins and a CS of 18. Um, our two honorable mentions were Arizona State University B with a, uh, five and a half wins and a CS of 18, and then Indiana C with five wins and a CS of 14.5. Um, ben, I know you were the host here, so I'm excited to hear from you a little bit about this one, but I'll just quickly off the bat say that, wow, four teams with seven wins um, is certainly uh, very interesting, and I'm, I'm excited to hear about how that happened. Um, I did want to quickly shout out Juniata College. Um, this is their third year existing and their third time getting a bid uh, out of regionals. And I think that that is really impressive from a program. I don't know how many programs can claim to have a 100% success rate getting out of regionals, but that is, is really cool for them. Very exciting. They're, they're a solid, strong program. And I think uh, not unlike Stevenson, that is a team that I do not want to face um, in, a, in a C or D bracket that is a deceptively strong team. That is, that is very, very, uh, very solid. But Ben, um, I don't want to take up too much time. I think, uh, you know, obviously you were the host here, so I think you'll have a lot of thoughts on it. So I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you think? How was hosting it? So, yeah, be, being an Amtrap was a lot of fun at this regional. There's a lot of really good teams. Uh, I'll just highlight one or two quick things. We had a fascinating tabulation uh, set up here in that if you look at the tab summary closely, Rounds one and two were almost entirely sweeps. Uh, and we had in round one a huge, huge, huge uh, defense bias, if I recall correctly, as I'm looking this year. I think it was like eight out of the 11 rounds were defense sweeps. Uh, and they were not small defense sweeps. Like, I think if you look here, you see, you know, plus six, plus 19, plus 13, plus 20, um, plus nine, plus 11 plus nine, plus three. I mean, there were just a lot of, I think the pairings just bore out that more of the strong teams were on the defense. That then resulted in a ton of mismatches in round two. And going into round three, we had a bunch of four and O teams with CSs of zero and a bunch of O and four teams with CSs of eight and a bunch of teams whose seasons ended on day one because of just how wacky the pairings were. Hmm. Uh, Beyond that, I think that's part of the reason why we had such we didn't have any eight no teams because we had several splits because a lot of those round three rounds were true high high rounds and so you had some splits in there that resulted in these seven win teams and then also 
there's just some great teams to this regional. South Carolina, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, they're the fourth team out with seven wins, but that's deceptive. Their one loss was by one point to Delaware, and the other ballot was a plus 17. Uh, and then I think they just happen to have a slightly lower CS, uh, which brings them to the fourth bid out. That doesn't mean that Ohio State was the fourth best team at this tournament. I think they were probably one of, if not the best teams at this tournament uh, and had a very strong weekend. South Carolina continues to be on the rise. I know, you know, they're not the only team in the South and we talk about a lot of teams in the South, but I think they've really made a name for themselves recently. Uh, You know, we've discussed uh, Ben Wallace and inheriting, you know, a hell of an AMTA legacy by choosing to be named that way. But uh, he's living up to it. Uh, You know, I think he won an individual award as the highest ranked attorney at this tournament. Uh, So I had a lot of fun repping this tournament. Uh, These teams are really fun to work with. Uh, And I agree with you about Juniata. They had a very strong weekend. They did really well. Um, Delaware is an interesting team that sort of like is always really strong. And I think last year just had some tough judging and some tough scheduling and, and was, I think, set to have an open bid and to go to Orcs last year. And then the other programs, Nebraska, UC Santa Barbara, good teams, doing well. Uh, not a whole lot else. I think the last thing I'll mention, I discussed Ohio State. You know, I mean, they're, they've lost so much over the last couple of years. I mean, losing Matt Bestman and Maddie Driscoll. They just had so much talent that has graduated, um, but they're still very, very good, and they still uh, prove that very much. And it'll be interesting to see what that team's ceiling is, uh, sort of not rebuilding, but retooling after the success they've had the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, Ohio State, um, I mean, they they really, when, when Eric Reutemann, uh, I remember when he was a senior, that was the time when that program really just emerged in a huge way of just a top 10 team at nationals. And ever since then, they have just been ridiculously strong. And I think that I, I'm, I agree with you that this to me is the year, the great reckoning for them of can they continue this legacy that has been created and can they continue to perform at that ridiculously high level that their predecessors got them to? Um, but I, I look forward to seeing it. They're a great program, great people there, and I, I love watching them. So I, I'm excited to see them moving forward, obviously. Uh, I did want to note uh, Georgetown B. Um, Georgetown B is a, usually a pretty strong program, and I think that they kind of got the the brunt end of that that split that you were talking about, Ben, where they went 4-0 the first day, and it looks like they had a unlucky draw in facing Ohio State uh, A in round three. And then in their round four pairing, they hit University of South Carolina, who, again, is a really strong program, um, and, and had to face them. I did want to note, uh, Ben, you, you, know, you mentioned Ohio State had that one point, uh, had only a one-point loss in round two. That's what got them to seven and one. Um, South Carolina, same boat. Round three, uh, they were facing... University of California, Santa Barbara, um, and they won uh, plus nine, minus one in that round. That was their one loss. So it is interesting to me that those those uh, single losses were, for, for at least for South Carolina and for Ohio State, were by just one point. Those are both exceptionally strong programs. I'm not at all surprised to see that they did as well as they, they did, um, but definitely impressive showings from both of them, and I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. But I do think you've covered it for the most part. Um, so I think why don't we just keep moving forward? I think that sounds good. Let's go ahead and move to regional three F. Uh, this was a smaller regional. This is a five bid regional. Uh, and our five teams in order 
We have UT Knoxville with seven wins and a 17 CS. Indiana A, six and a half wins and a 14 CS. Georgia C with six wins and a 15 CS. Claremont McKenna A with six wins and a 15 CS. South Carolina D, six wins and a 14 and a half CS. Couple of honorable mentions here. Penn State C with five wins and a 22 CS. And Northwestern B with five wins and a 16 and a half CS. Um, this is a smaller regional, so there's probably not quite as much to note here. Your top two teams in UT Knoxville and Indiana, both very, very good programs that both got through. Um, Indiana and South Carolina, who who both got bids, had a pretty wild split, a, a 29 and 10 split in round three, which is, you know, like you said, judges watching different trials. You just, you always wonder when you see those types of splits, like that's a, that's almost a 40 point difference between those two teams yeah. on a 140 point ballot. Like, wow, something, <laughs> something, you know, those, one of those teams did something that the judges loved and the other one hated and who knows what it is. Um, and then a couple of A teams to note that didn't get through Wake Forest A had a tough schedule, a uh, 19 and a half CS and, and some pretty intense uh, split ballots and Colby college A also didn't get out at four and four with a lower 14 CS. Um, I guess here, like we definitely have some lower down, you know, Georgia C, South Carolina D, Penn State C, with their honorable mention with a very high CS. Um, you know that I mean, Penn State is probably not going to need that open bid, but five mm-hmm. wins and a twenty-two CS would obviously be good enough for an open bid. Uh, so yeah, I mean, nobody above seven wins here. It's a smaller regional, so you see a little bit more of that. That's about everything I saw here. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I think you just about covered it. I don't think this is a terribly shocking regional. Um, it was kind of one of those, like, it, it was so small, and I didn't feel like there was a any true, like, really, really top teams again. Um, there were a lot of just teams kind of cluttering up the middle um, with some kind of, you know, the Wake Forest and Colby's kind of, you know, Teams that are kind of middle of the pack, A teams that are often strong but not ridiculously strong, and then a lot of like those C and D teams, like you mentioned, Georgia, Penn State, Northwestern, B. Um, and I think this is about what I would have expected results-wise. I think that Northwestern B not making it, um, just Northwestern's been on such a tirade so far. That's a little surprising. But um, you know, again, following this trend, look at round three for Northwestern. They're facing Wake Forest, and they get a plus 20, minus 3. So, I mean, not a 40-point difference like the the Indiana round that you cited, but, I mean, like, God, you just got to think, like, three points? What do you want from us? Um, <laughs> and that's the difference in them getting uh, an, an additional bid. that It would have become an open bid, as Northwestern already has two teams through, but just interesting. And, I mean, look, you, you mentioned the Penn State, that 22 CS with a 5-3 and three record. That is a really really impressive showing out of them. Uh, and again, from a C team, I mean, it, it is interesting that we see some of these programs, um, and I don't know the details of how Penn State stacks, um, and there have been a couple others that we've mentioned this about too, but I mean, like Boston Boston College I mentioned earlier, where some of their lower down uh, like numerical teams seem to perform really, really well, and their top teams don't perform as well. And I'm not trying to read into that too much. I think that a lot of these programs are just very balanced overall and just have a very like 
top to bottom, very consistent, solid performers. And facing their D team is not that different from facing their A team. And that makes it really scary to see one of their teams in your regional because you don't know what you're getting. Um, you know, they're just, they, they could be really good. They could have an off round. Who really knows? But I, I did think that that was worth noting that their, their C team had a very, very impressive showing. Um, and I guess the, the only other thing I would mention is just Brown C. Um, I don't remember Brown ever being super deep. Their A team obviously had a very impressive showing. Um, we talked about them a, a little while back. And I feel like Brown B is usually pretty strong. Um, but they went three and five with a CS at 20 and a half. Pretty tough. Um, but not not like a, a, a shocking result for sure, but just the only other thing I kind of noticed here. But other than that, I, I do think we've kind of covered it, and I, it's getting a little late, so I think let's uh, let's kind of keep moving along, if that's good with you, Ben. That sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right, 3G. Um, this one took place in Fairview Midlands. Um, I honestly don't get the reference, but maybe it's something beyond my time. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Regional 3G, starting with Dayton A with eight wins and a CS of 16.5, followed by University of California, Irvine A with six win, six and a half wins and a CS of 13.5, then Washington A with six wins and a CS of 19, then St. Louis B with six wins and a CS of 14.5, then William & Mary A with five and a half wins and a CS of 15.5, then Liberty B with five and a half wins and a 14 and a half CS. And finally, we have Brown University. Uh, and was this their B team that I just think of? It is Brown B, yes. Uh, Brown B with a CS of uh, five wins and a CS of 16.5. Um, so I think that for, for starters, this is pretty much um, a lot of what I, I would have expected um, you know, Irvine A was probably the, the top dog here. William and Mary is a very strong, very consistent program. Uh, Washington A usually is very strong. Um, I think that Liberty B and St. Louis B are both uh, a bit of a surprise. I don't normally think of them as being super deep, but we, we kind of saw St. Louis. I think their C team made it through earlier. St. Louis is clearly having a very strong season. Um, so good on that program. And then Dayton A, going eight, uh, getting eight wins. Certainly very, very impressive. Um, I gotta say, looking at their rounds is, is very funny though. They, they may have gotten eight wins, but they have, uh, arguably one of the, the, the lower point differentials you could have, uh, on some of these ballots. Um, we've got a plus one, two plus twos, two plus threes. I mean, to have between six ballots, uh, a total of you know just eleven point differential uh, over those six ballots is pretty crazy. Uh, there are other two to be fair. The or sorry, that was over five ballots. Um, yes, their other three were were a bit higher, nine, eleven, and twenty. So they did have a, a very strong showing again. But it just is kind of funny to note how how close those eight ballots were won. And as we have seen with so many other teams, few of those go the other way, and maybe you're not making it out. Um, but definitely a strong performance from Dayton. And I think that the big uh, you know, kind of just heartbreaker here was USC. Uh, this was their B team. Um, and they had a just absolutely brutal schedule with a 22 CS at 4-4. Four and four. Um, Just, uh, I mean, that's just tough. I mean, you look at some of their point differentials and you see this is clearly a very strong team. Um, their round three, they went plus 43, plus 11 um, over Drake University. Um, but then, yeah, just round two, they ran into, uh, to, to that Dayton team that we were just mentioning. Um, round one, 
they had a tough draw with UC Irvine A, and that's just that's a tough round one and two makes it just tough to make it out. So uh, USC um, again a heartbreaker there, but other than that, um, I do think this is mostly what we're expecting. I don't think there were any tremendous surprises. Good to see William and Mary making it through. I've seen them a lot, and they're a very strong program. So glad to see them uh, making it back to Orcs. But other than this, I, I think we've covered most of it. Uh, ben, you got anything though? Yeah, so I'll just note one or two things here. Um, so I think the you mentioned this already in the context of Irvine B and South Southern California, uh, your Irvine A and Southern California B. So they played each other in round one and had almost a true split of a minus nine plus ten. Um, so that's really interesting to me. First of all, I mean Irvine A, you think like is is such an interesting program. They were mm-hmm. so 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 powerful several years ago. Um, and have continued to be really, really fantastic and been a Nationals caliber team and and was pretty close to making the National Final Round just a couple years ago. Um, and it is interesting to see them drop a ballot to USCB. Now, again, who knows you know, what the veracity of either of those ballots was, uh, but certainly to not see them go 8-0 at a regional like this, I think is at least sort of worth flagging uh, as a team that is traditionally very strong. I imagine they will continue to be very strong, especially in a year where we've seen a lot of West Coast dominance. Um, But I definitely think if you're thinking, if you're trying to sort of internally rank your West Coast powers, I think UCLA and Berkeley have to be 1 and 1A in some order. And then there's probably a little bit of a gap before you get to your Stanfords and your Irvines and your UC Santa Barbara's. Um, and things like that. It's hard for us to rank those and, and Southern California as well. It's hard for us to rank those schools too much because they're like 2000 miles away from the area <laughs> that we usually compete, but it will be very interesting to see as we've discussed before, if a team like Irvine, you know, where they end up at orcs and, and how they fare against maybe some Midwest or East coast powers that they wouldn't normally hit until they get to nationals. Uh, I agree with you about St. Louis and Liberty. Um, you know, St. Louis, uh, is a team that we hit from time to time, but they're definitely not, you know, I mean, they're not Wash U St. Louis, who has much more of a uh, sort of a reputation of success. Uh, but I mean, for them to get the number of teams through they did is is very impressive. Uh, and same goes for Liberty. Uh, you know, I mean, Liberty is a school that, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and, and we can say what we want about Liberty. But either way, you know, they've seemed to sort of... Uh, gained success more recently and seem to be figuring mm-hmm. something out there uh, with the style of mock trial that they're playing. Uh, beyond that, I, I, the last thing I'll say is I really want to echo what you said about Dayton. And it's really, again, if, if anyone at Dayton is listening, it's not to take away from the accomplishment that Dayton had, but Dayton's 8-0 and UVA's 8-0 are not the same. And we shouldn't pretend that they are. When UVA is winning ballots by 30 on a routine basis and five of Dayton's eight ballots could be flipped with one witness who does something weird that a judge doesn't like. Again, it is not to say that Dayton didn't deserve those wins, but if you're Dayton, you certainly can't just sort of go into orcs feeling comfortable because you went eight. No, knowing just how absolutely close some of those rounds are mm-hmm. versus like you said, someone like UVA who, you know, or even a team, you know, I think like some of the other eight, no teams that we've highlighted mm-hmm. who really had dominant showings. Dayton had a very good showing, but I would, pause before calling it a dominant showing because of those very very narrow point differentials yeah very very true i mean i think that look the other the the other aspect of it is at the end of the day this is activity about winning ballots and they Mm -hmm. went out there they took two off of wash uh, off of washington a 
It's a really strong wind. Uh, we, we talked about them sweeping USC, uh, B, who, you know, had just taken a ballot off of UC Irvine. I mean, you know, again, I think that what Ben and I are both saying is Dayton, good on you. 8-0 is impressive. Those were a close eight wins, but definitely impressive and worth noting. Uh, yeah. I think the last thing I want to say before we move on um, is College of Holy Cross A, they are a weird, like, I think they usually make it to orcs. Like sometimes I feel like, like maybe this is just me, but I feel like I often would see them like they'll get seven wins out of regionals and then kind of, you know, flounder a little bit at orcs. Um, but I feel like I usually would see them at, at, uh, at orcs. So, you know, they're kind of the only other team that I would kind of be like, ah, oh, like a bit surprising to not see them make it. Um, they are the, the tie against UC Irvine. Um, and then they just had a, a tough, uh, unfortunate, first round draw against that that dominant Dayton team that we've been talking about um, who swept them. So uh, I don't know how much to read into there, um, but I think that other than that, this is this is mostly what we could have expected. I think that, I guess the last thing I'll mention is just Brown. Um, they, they were that five-win team. Um, they had two ties to get there, and you got to imagine that just one of those wins switches, uh, and then all of a sudden they're they're into the... Uh, the actual getting a bid through instead of the honorable mention, but grand scheme of things, not shocking. I guess they're they did have a plus twenty five uh, tie round that I I think kind of is the same thing that we've been referring to of kind of like what happened there. But uh, I think that we've we've for the most part covered it at this point. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to our last and final regional of week three, and that would be regional three H, which was a six bid regional that took place in Happy Land. Uh, which I believe is a reference to the case before the year I started doing AMTA, um, which was Happy Land Toy. I've heard many people talk about it. I've never read it, uh, but I think that's what that's referring to. So our six bid teams in order, Michigan A, eight wins and a 17 CS. Northwestern C, seven wins and a 13 and a half CS. UCLA E, six wins and a 20 CS. Penn State A, six wins and a 14 and a half CS. Georgetown C, six wins and a 14 and a half CS and Georgia state a with five wins and a 20 CS Our two honorable mentions here with five wins. St. Thomas, Minnesota, a five wins and a 17 and a half CS and William and Mary C with five wins and a 16 CS. A uh, couple things to note here. Uh, UCLA E swept Penn state a um, now look UCLA beating someone is is I don't think you could ever characterize UCLA winning a round as a surprise, no matter whether it's their A team, their E team, their Q team, like whatever it is. Like UCLA is just great from top to bottom. Um, but that's still a surprise. A program like Penn State, which the last time you know that we held a nationals, Penn State was at nationals. My team played them, and uh, you know, and two years prior, my team played them because. You know, what is Nationals for if not traveling thousands of miles to play a team, you know, an <laughs> uh, hour and a half up the road? True. But um, in all seriousness, like that's a surprising result to see UCLA E sweep Penn State A is absolutely noteworthy. Uh, in terms of noting eight no teams, Michigan A here going eight no, and this is an eight no with a point differential of plus 84. Aside from a plus one ballot uh, in round one, it was a that's against 1491, which was William and Mary. And that was a plus one, plus 24 for Michigan. They pretty much cruised. They had a closer round in round uh, four against 
Duke, um, which I think that's Duke um, C. just looking through Duke C. Okay, so so that's a very good team, and, and Michigan won those those ballots, but they were somewhat close. But I mean, Michigan is just so good. They're they're good. They're they're strong. They they play. I think a fairly sharp style. They're definitely like for a Midwest power. They don't, you know, they're, they're not going to win you over with like charm and, and like sort of like the Minnesota nice. They're, they're definitely a pretty sharp team. Uh, I think similar to some of the other Midwest powers like Northwestern right behind them uh, or Chicago or Northwest, or I already said Northwestern, like some of those Ohio state, things like that. Uh, but Penn State, A, even getting swept by UCLA, E, did get out. They won all of their other ballots. Very, very good team. Uh, and then we had Georgetown, C. We've talked about Georgetown, how much success they're having. I wonder, I think this is the last thing I'll notice about this uh, tournament. I wonder if Georgetown is an example, if they're figuring something out about how to play this style, that that they're just really straightforward and, and interesting, but not over the top mock trial is sort of, in aggregate winning out for them uh, as opposed to some of the teams that play more extreme styles. I don't know if that's the case, uh, but it certainly is interesting to see the success they're having. Uh, a couple other little things to note here. Liberty a uh, had a brutal schedule. didn't get out because they got swept by Penn state a and Michigan a, and then we've talked so much about Berkeley this year, Berkeley B uh, didn't get out at this regional. Uh, and they had one of the wildest splits that you are going to see this year Jesus. in round two. I think it was against Toronto B uh, Berkeley B goes plus 38 minus two. Um, I mean, I got no clue what happened in that round. I'm not going to say a <laughs> damn thing about what I thought ha- should happen in that round, but what the hell happened in that round? <laughs> have mean, a plus 38 minus two. That's a 40 point differential and it's pretty, you know, slanted towards one side. So, I don't know. I got nothing else to say about that, Drew. What do you think? I mean, I think those scores kind of speak for themselves. You just got to look at that and say, like, huh, are you sure you watched the same round? Because I don't know which is right. I'm not going to sit here and claim that, you know, this is the right one, this is the wrong one. But, I mean, like, I just, I, I guess maybe, like, if you really like the style of someone's witnesses and you're like, yeah, I'm jiving with it. I'm giving them all tens and the other team's getting fives on their witnesses. I mean, and then the other judges like, no, I don't like that and scoring them closer together. But I mean, what the heck? Like, that's just, (laughs) that's just a big difference to have. And I mean, wow. I think that you, you covered a lot of the ones I wanted to note. I just wanted to, push back a little bit on on your Georgetown note. I mean, their their B team didn't make it out. Um, we talked about them a little bit ago. And I, I think that, I mean, Georgetown, I think, look, C team making through, obviously good. Um, but Georgetown, this is not unusual for them. They usually have one or two teams through to, to Orcs. I don't think that this is like a, a unusual showing from them. Um, and I, I will note, though, that their two losses were to Georgia State. And I want to talk about Georgia State for a second. I faced Georgia State. Um, oh, I think I faced Georgia State. Maybe it was either them or Kennesaw State that I faced um, my junior year, and I thought they were very, very good. Either way, Georgia State has been on the rise recently. They were kind of the, the big Cinderella team at 2018 Nats that uh, they kind of had never made it really to Orcs before. Maybe they had once. 
um, and they all of a sudden made it to nationals. So they're definitely um, a, a team that's kind of been on our radar, and it's great to see them making it back. But I gotta say they they cut it close. They had a very strong first day with a very impressive win over Duke C, who you were just mentioning in the first round, and then like we just said, uh, over Georgetown uh, uh, B in the second or Georgetown sorry C in the second round that sweep. Then they got a very unlucky draw against University of, Michi- University of Michigan in round three, uh, followed by a tough draw in round four of UC Berkeley B. Um, and that Berkeley B round went minus 12 plus one, um, Georgia State with a plus one, and that was the one ballot that got them to that five and three record and allowed them to make it out. So, I mean, they had a high CS of 20. Those are tough teams that they were facing. I think Georgia State is a strong program. It's great to see them getting back to Orcs. Um, but damn, I mean, that is a, a close, close round four, uh, getting through by the skin of your teeth. Um, and other than that, I mean, yeah, you covered it. Michigan A, Northwestern C, these are, you know, Northwestern C, uh, look, they've just been so strong this year across the board. Um, that's why I noted it when, when one of their teams didn't make it through. And UCLA E, yeah, you're right. If you, when UCLA Z has a team, I will still expect them to make it to Oregon. That's just like it. Come on, it's UCLA. Um, I don't think there was any other teams that missed that I was uh, surprised by, though. Um, I think you, you mentioned Liberty A. Um, but other than that, I don't think there were any like real big surprises. Maybe St. Thomas, but they got an honorable mention. They're probably going to make it through to Oryx anyway. Um, I, I think that we've, for the most part, uh, seen a lot of this, the usual suspects we would have expected. Yeah, I'll make one last note and we can wrap up. So while you're talking about Georgia State, I looked up um, on the TPR list and they have such an interesting presence on the TPR list. Um, they're, they are the lowest team on the TPR list, uh, or one of the lowest teams on the TPR list with nationals points, um, <laughs> Rochester B is still down below them. But, uh, in it, it, as far as I can tell here, um, from looking at this, so, so Georgia state is currently ranked 164 2017. It looks like they didn't get through 2018. They got four and a half ballots at nationals and 2019. They didn't get through. Um, that's just kind of wild. Now, they exist in a tough region of the country. Mm-hmm. I know this because that 2018 year, I believe, if I recall correctly, they went 8-0 at regionals mm-hmm. down in Columbia because I was the one of the amateur reps. And I remember, I think they had a lower CS, but they went 8-0 and then got through to nationals that year. Like you said, it's kind of a Cinderella team. Uh, and then last year, uh, or I guess in 2019, the last full year that, that we had uh, – an orcs season they don't have any orcs points registered so i think they're very much a hot and cold team uh and to get through with the 20 cs i I think that's another example perhaps of a i mean if they're 164 they'll be a c group team maybe even a d group team at orcs that'll be a very interesting team to see what they're able to do all of that being said I think this was a super interesting week of regionals to break down. We've got one more week left. My A team is competing this weekend. So the next time that uh, we chat, we will probably have our entire Orcs field set. I don't know how quickly after week four that AMTA will divide teams into their Orcs because I don't think they're doing that yet. But I imagine by the next time that you and I get a chance to talk on the mics, we'll have a pretty good sense of what Orcs are going to look like. I'm not looking forward to orcs, but I am looking forward to talking about orcs. Very, very true. I, I couldn't agree more. This is, I think, the most excited I have been 
to get some orcs results. I mean, orcs results are always fun and interesting. And, and we should, look, we still got one week of regionals. So still time to be excited about that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you, you, uh, you guys do, Ben. But, uh, man, I mean, these orcs are just going to be, that is the time to put up or shut up. If, if you are, are one of these teams that believes your region is tougher than the others, you know, is the West Coast going to really show out? Is the Midwest going to prove that they deserve the bids they usually get? Um, is the East Coast going to show that this is, you know, their their world and we're all living in it? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing those results. And uh, I'm glad I don't have to compete and worry about it. But that is a job for the rest of you to do and one for me to just enjoy looking at the results for it. Yep, I'm looking forward to uh, getting through this last week of regionals, getting to Orcs, and, you know, just finishing out the season strong. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back in your feed next week with our last uh, week of regionals updates and hopefully an Orcs preview not too long after that. We're always working on exciting new episodes to bring to you, and we really appreciate everyone listening. It's been a fun season. We're looking forward to finishing it up. Thanks, as always. We'll be back in your feeds very soon. Until then, this has been the Mock Review with Ben and Drew.